Good evening, everybody. This is the Chicken Skullhead Show for Monday, March the 14th, 2011. Uh, we are going to have to be calling Jake to see if he's sleeping, is he dreaming? If he's dreaming, is he dreaming of me? Uh, he's What he's not is online right now, uh, so we'll have to wait a second and a half for him. He just logged on to Kingdom. Could happen. Could happen soon. Uh... Jake show is now. <laughs> Daylight savings time frightens and confuses the KOL staff because Arizona does not uh, participate. I was going to say celebrate. They may celebrate Daylight Savings Time, but they don't participate in it. Um, yeah. Personally, like, I get it. You know, I, I like that the sun is up real late in the summer. I'm not a huge fan of it in the winter because it means that in the evenings, it's uh, sun. You know, gets dark around 4:30, and we start to feel like we're living in Alaska. Uh, huh. Skype thinks I'm offline. Well, that's interesting. What say? Give me like. Uh, I'll go for the Eddie Izzard School of Vamping. Give me like two minutes to fix this, shall we? A little bit. Ah, hello. We got Jake now. Uh, and I owe Jake an apology. Oh no, I was late. So I was talking about how you're all frightened and confused by daylight savings time and how, you know, I'm not a big fan either, but blah blah blah. And didn't realize that uh, when Skype started up, probably because it's also up on the laptop upstairs, it started me as offline and didn't bother to tell me. I guess there is a little tiny icon that indicates your status, but I didn't see that until it was too late. What's so, weird is that it yeah. shows you your contact list even when you're not online. It's like pretending that everybody else is online and not you. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I had expected it to just not show anything in that little window. Well, anyway, we're all here now. How's it going, Mr. Skullhead? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, stuff, things. I'm gonna get all buff. I'm gonna get all buff just in time for con. How are you gonna get buff for con? I, uh, got onto Jess's membership at the YWCA, which apparently just the differentiation between YMCA and YWCA is kind of meaningless now. Hmm. Like, D does it? Does the YWCA have a changing room for men, or are you going to have a lot of fun when you go there? All right. You know, looking at fat old ladies. Hell yes. You know, well, when Jess started, I kind of assumed that I wouldn't be able to go because it's the YWCA, you know, it's the young women's Christian whatever. Apparently that doesn't matter anymore either. You can be all Buddhist or Muslim and be there. But, uh, yeah, just locker rooms for both sexes and a couple for either and uh see i feel like if my wife or significant other had a gym membership i would think about the gym and think uh you know i will never go there because it's a gym hmm. i decided yeah. to pay money for the privilege of going there in the hopes that that would spur me to go there more frequently it's also mm. a place where they have free child care so i can just go and take ollie with me and spend an hour not listening to him yell about stuff. Huh. Wow. So they, they part of your gym membership pays some uh, creepy uh, molesters to listen to kids yell about stuff. Do you think they're creepy molesters? 
No, it's usually like up to three, kind of, not even high school age, when like older than that, licensed care providers and whatnot. Mm. I keep seeing these signs uh, for free child care. Uh-huh. And I think that's just, that, that might as well just be a sign that says free child rape. Or I was going to say free candy, but you know, as there, always. There's no you, such thing as, it well, yeah. You like always same, know same, what to say. Same direction, different distance. Uh, yeah, I don't, what what could that be about? Why would anybody provide, why, why would anybody offer a free lunch to anybody else? What was it that XKCD said recently? Like, why would you... I grew up a little the day that I realized no one would spend money making flyers to tell me they want to give me something for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, I That's guess what the, Hackline says, right? Tanstaffel. I guess that the the uh, government does that because they spend a whole lot of money advertising the census, which is a free being spied on by the government. Mm-hmm. Are you one of those people who doesn't like the census? No, but we, we did have one of a our batshit crazy politician lady who was talking about well with this administration I wouldn't trust that they're not doing something shady with the census you know like figuring out how to apportion uh, votes in the electoral college and stuff like that she kind of shut up about it when it was you know things like figuring out whether or not you still get a congressional district so you can have a seat yeah so she's like I changed my mind you should probably take the census She's, she's talking about running for president. That's Michelle Bachman. Huh? Isn't she just a? Isn't she just a sort of a, a pen name for a, a less uh, less crazy politician, though? Yeah, for somebody King. Mm-hmm. Stephanie King. Stephanie King. Yeah, the uh, she's basically Sarah Palin with a like a massive dose of LSD and a lobotomy. Hmm. Which one? Which one came first? I'm guessing the lobotomy. Because she's kind of like a stupid, crazy person, not a crazy, stupid person. Yeah, okay. That's what I was... Because I feel like, with a lobotomy, if you're dumb to begin with, you know, you you have very little left. If you're smart to begin with, and then you fuck that smart all up with LSD, and then take away a big chunk of the brain, the the part that's left is going to be way, way more interesting than the part that's left (laughs) if you did it in the other order. Right. Like neurons connected to things that aren't there anymore and things that were never there in the first place uh hey so uh we went and saw the king's speech this weekend that was pretty good i'd recommend you see that if you can did 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 you enjoy it then okay you haven't seen it already have you you because you're spoiling it (laughs) Uh, isn't that that's like the premise of the film, though. You know, that would be kind yeah, of... Yeah, well, that's a true story. It would be like spoiling Titanic by saying that it involves a ship and something bad happens to that ship. No. <clears throat> Stop spoiling Titanic for me. I haven't seen it. You are a lucky man in that regard. No, I have, actually. I saw the first half, <laughs> and I was so angry that I stopped watching it after the first half, so I didn't even get to see the part where the boat sank. Until, you know, I think it was on television when I was, like, in a hotel recently and so i did see the part where the boat sank those guys in the band seemed pretty cool they just kept on playing yeah somebody ought to just make an edit of that that's only that just edits out who was it jack and diane or whoever Mm -hmm. (laughs) the main couple 
There needs to be more of that. There needs to be a Julie and Julia movie that's just Julia Child. Yeah. Like the Phantom edit. Uh-huh. The, I don't know what you would, you know, I, I know that that woman's name is Rose, and the reason that I know that is because Leonardo DiCaprio probably utters it 40 times a minute. What is because it about... dialogue is so... There is a certain type of dialogue that just... Like, Smallville does that all the time. Before I quit watching it, you're like, Clark, what are we going to do about this, Clark? Lana, I don't know. Lana. It's kind of like the, the sir, yes, sir dialogue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense in a, in a boot camp. Like, are we are we that worried? Like, is that a, a rookie mistake you make when you're writing dialogue? You're worried that the audience is going to forget your characters' names? Or are these characters so dumb that they keep forgetting each other's names? Yeah, maybe they're just trying to remind themselves. Ah, uh, right. Maybe if I... Ah, so this is a weird setup. It, 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 it feels strange doing this. I, I'm out in the in the uh, Lego room where I've sort of set up the studio for Roy and I to do our thing. I didn't want to keep carrying the microphones back and forth or buy an extra microphone that I don't actually need. But of course. Uh, so I'm just Skyping on the laptop, and uh, I got you in I got you in headphones instead of coming out of speakers because hmm. uh, these laptop speakers are for shit. Maybe I use some other speakers that I have laying around somewhere. I don't like the sound of my own voice when I'm wearing big can headphones, though. I could never be a real radio man. It gets right here. You could just put one headphone on, like a DJ. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. And then I could, uh, I could, I could, I got this peripheral for my computer that, uh, that allows me to sort of, like, spin this disc, and it slows down and speeds up your voice. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. And it's pretty cool. I haven't gotten, uh, Adept at swinging that little mixer back and forth in the middle to do something, I guess. I never understood what you could possibly be doing that involved moving that thing back and forth so fast. It makes sense if you have two turntables, right? Uh, just, I guess. You're controlling the input for each of them, and so you're trying to, like, say you've got a beat going on one, and then you switch real quick to play sample, and then you switch back. Yeah, but I feel like they do a lot of just like back and forth. It sounds like that. It doesn't really sound like that. It looks like that. Yeah, it looks like it would sound like that. That's amplitude's blowjob noise. Mm, is it? How do you know? Hobble, 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 hobble. Well, he always says, you're like, yeah, I knew that chick was all like, hobble, 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 hobble. It's like, really? And it's been multiple, so, you know. Either he just keeps meeting women who don't know how to get blowjobs, or men, probably. Mm-hmm. Or he, he, I don't know. It's bizarre. I mean, you might know how to, uh, you might know how to uh, give a blowjob. You just don't know not to talk. Oh. Uh, Blue Scream says the sound quality is great today. Do you guys have a new Skype setup? That's strange. I have a, I have a slightly different setup here. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. It always sounds good from here. Like your dulcet tones are dulcet. Good. And I've got like I've got you going into a fairly decent mic. I should probably buy a shock mount for this thing eventually, and I think that would make a difference. You think? Yeah. I don't know what a shock mount does. I eventually st- you know you know part of the thing is I'm no longer using this pop filter that I had in the front of this microphone because I don't believe that it was actually doing anything. Uh huh. I don't think I don't know you're pop very... filters actually do anything. I don't think that you're a pee popper. Hmm. You're not a, you know, like, please. But am I a pheasant plucker or a thistle <laughs> right. sifter? 
Yeah, you never say like, please, Papa, pinch. Well, yeah, well, par- partly uh, that's because I'm not a baby. That would also be a ridiculous thing to say. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, well, it's good, I guess, that the sound quality is good. That makes me happy. Maybe also uh, actually having you play out of the... Uh, speakers in the old setup was fucking up Skype somehow and making me sound worse on the way into your your rig so we, uh, I did a uh, because it was cheap and I was curious I did a uh, corporate sponsorship on one of the Max Fun Network podcasts my brother my brother and me huh. so supposedly they're doing a uh, they're doing a little uh, impromptu ad for Kingdom of Loathing tomorrow it's one of those things where they they like they reserve the right to sort of refuse to advertise things if they don't feel like they can be honest about it without saying a bunch of negative things about it. <laughs> That's fun. I think. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm excited about that. I like listening to those guys, and I like the idea of them talking about me. Mm. And, you know, they've got a listenership of some tens of thousands of people. Maybe we'll have some new friends tomorrow. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe no promotion that we ever do will work. Yeah, that's probably because we're doomed, because everything we make is terrible. Yeah, no, it's everything I make is terrible. I, every, you know, the things that I don't have anything to do with are often pretty good. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not exactly getting my attitude about things right. No, I'm not Who saying that, that you think everyone else is untalented. I mean, you know, anything One of us has to be realistic. Man. Anything that I do is going to have input from you, though, so that the suck is going to creep in there. Oh, oh. I see. So now you're saying that my propensity to believe that everything that we are going to do is going to be a failure is actually making the rest of you guys into failures. Well, no, just by your logic, anything that I do for the game is going to be a failure because it's got to go through you at some point. Mm, This is like that old uh, song from the musical. Anything I can do, anyone else can do better. (laughs) Right. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, when See, did I get so emo, Mr. Skullhead? I, I used to believe in myself. See, my version of that is thinking that I'm incapable of doing anything that's hard. Yeah. So if I, so say like, you know, I ripped apart the shower surround upstairs and I put up concrete board and I tiled it and it looks pretty good. For a couple of minutes I go, wow, that was a whole lot of work and it wasn't easy to do and hardly anybody does it themselves. And I did a really good job on that. That's cool. I did something hard. And then I just go, well, if I did it, it must be easy. Because mm-hmm. I can't do things that are hard. So if anybody asks, I'm going to tell them, you know, oh, yeah, the tiling was easy. It's not that I'm good at anything. It's just easy. It is a weird trap that you fall into because, you know, anything that you understand how to do. Like, I often don't think of any of the things that I do as being work because they're not necessarily hard for me. And that's fucked up. I mean, because they totally are a bunch of work that most people would not be capable of doing. Uh-huh. You know, I think it's just one of those things. Like, if it do- if it if you understand it, it is not going to seem difficult to you, right? Yeah. So, just you're always skirting the edge of feeling like that about everything, or maybe it takes a certain kind of person to be skirting that edge all the time. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people who are like pretty confident that they know fucking everything, <laughs> and no, fuck all. But I mean, I also know some people who are like good at all kinds of things and think they're good at all kinds of things and just don't ever don't ever seem to have that kind of creeping self-doubt that the people that I know really well all seem to share. Do you suppose that 
it's like the more you hear somebody say that they're really good at everything, the less likely it is that that's true. Oh, I don't know. I often believe that people who have time to accomplish, people who have the ability to accomplish things don't often have time to talk about them. You know, there's definitely a category of guy who will talk and talk and talk and talk and never actually do anything. And maybe the reason he talks so much is because he knows deep down that he can't do it. Hmm. Well, maybe just that it's easier to talk about something than to do it. Mm -hmm. Just like it's easy to sit there rocking back and forth wanting that money. Um, what'd you do this weekend? I went to the Ren Fair. Oh, that's right. You got, uh, it's festy time up in your neck of the woods. We, uh, you know, there was a little party on Saturday. We kind of impromptu. We haven't seen anybody all winter thing that we went to for a little bit. The, uh, spent some time at the gym working out. Yeah. What kind of workout did you do? I don't know. I, you know, it's kind of cool. I put some music on the iPod and run on an elliptical trainer for 30 minutes and then go lift some weights and until my arms get all tingly and weird and then I stop and, you know, it it feels like at least I'm doing something towards not being a giant fat ass. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. I, uh, for whatever reason, I cannot bring myself to... I can just sit doing nothing for half an hour, but the idea of being on a treadmill for half an hour or an elliptical for half an hour just fills me with like such loathing that I, I just never want to set foot inside it like a traditional gym. Huh? Like, I I don't know why, you know, the idea of like biking to work like that, that is the only way that I was ever going to get any kind of like aerobic exercise is if I found something that was actually accomplishing something, you know? I, I don't know I don't know why you know lifting weights doesn't bother me and really all I'm doing is picking something up and like moving it back and forth for a long time and not really getting it anywhere but like the notion of just like running like pretending that I'm running on a treadmill pretending that you're running on a treadmill is pretty easy <laughs> if somebody can only see you from the waist up you just don't have to turn uh, it on yeah well you could even be sitting down if you had a tall enough chair like bob up a, and down and a treadmill shaped enough chair yeah, the, like, for some reason, the, like, I don't, I won't do the running on a treadmill because then my, I get shin splints and fuck shin splints, but, uh, the, the elliptical, the Charlie horse, but lower and in the front, it's like somebody stabbing you in your bone right there with needles. Hmm. It's lame. So it's like getting acupuncture. So it's like soothing and solves all your, your unrelated health problems. On your shins. But, uh, yeah, new slang. Um, yeah, but running on the elliptical, you get the, like, there are all kinds of different numbers that get bigger. And for me, that solves the, like, I would rather be getting somewhere on a bicycle, but in the winter, that's not really a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it's it's easy for me to say that living in a place where you can, <coughs> where you can uh, aspirate a giant clod of saliva. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Where you can be outdoors almost all year round. Like, the, the elliptical will tell me how many, like, strides I've done so far, and what my average stride speed is, and what my distance is in miles, and what and my heart rate is. how many pieces of is. stride gum you've chewed yeah. while you're on the, on the elliptical. How many, uh, and how many, how many calories there were in that piece of gum, which, if you actually look at, if you look at the number of calories that you burn by exercising, you realize that, goddamn, is that not a good way to actually reduce your calorie intake? 
Like, like, like a half an hour on there will burn about three or four hundred calories, which is a meal-ish, a snack. Yeah, a snack. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. I, I just get to the point where it's like, well, all right. So there's this can of soda. I can either drink this can of soda and then run for twenty minutes. Or I can just not drink this can of soda, and at that point, you know, not drinking a soda is way, way easier. Sure. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Everybody always makes fun of me. Everybody always makes fun of me when I say like, exercise is not a good way to lose weight. But I firmly believe that it's important and valuable in its own, you know, in its own right. But like, it is so much harder to lose weight by exercising than it is to lose weight by just eating less. We'll we'll see. Like his, yeah, sure. his, historically, in my you know, I'm not getting any younger, but historically, anytime my lifestyle has gotten even a little bit more active, I've dropped to, you know, not maybe my ideal weight, but I'll drop like 20 pounds. Like when we mm-hmm. first moved here, I lost 20 pounds just running around the house. And all oh, right, because you you finally lived in a house with stairs. Yeah, but what happens is eventually, you know, all the running around is done, and my just like there are, are days where. Yeah, I'll lie down in bed for a while in the morning. Then I'll go lie down in Ollie's room while he plays because I'm still tired. I'll go sit at the table while he plays, like sit on the floor and play with him. Like get to the end of the day and realize that the time I've spent just fucking standing has is negligible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you should get you should get one of uh, you should get a desk. We're all uh, all of us at the office are switching to stand. By all of us, I mean me and the pretentious artist. Right, and I should also stop using soap because you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one thing the one thing that I've learned is that anything that works for me works for everyone. Right. Anything that works for boing boing works for everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I don't know. You know, I'm I, I am enjoying it. I, I, I don't I don't uh I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna say that it works that it will work for everybody. But I kinda like it. Yeah, I hate to say this to you, but the time the amount of time that I spend in front of my computer in a day is not a significant enough amount of time that standing up is gonna help. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh well, yeah. That's because you do all of your writing longhand in a notebook, in your right. hours long uh, uh, sojourns to a tiny shack on a frozen lake. Yep, I, I try to to squeeze in my writing into bouts of ice fishing. <laughs> that's good, and motorcycle trips yep. across the country. Um, ice fishing deserves a quiet night. Wouldn't it? Be uh, deserves a quiet ice. Sure. I forgot my shirt at the water's edge, which sucks because I'm fucking freezing now. Yeah. Although, you know, I still have my thermals and my jacket and my windbreaker and my coat. Do you wear do you wear long underwear in the in the frigid wastes that you live in now? Only in the the relatively small number of days that are where the the actual daytime temperature is in the negatives mm. and then you know you get three or four of those in a winter where it's like negative 12 that sucks yeah I, uh, I, I bought I've been turned off to the idea of long underwear completely by a thing that happened to me I bought uh, <coughs> I, I bought this set of thermal underwear at like the camping store because we were going on a camping trip and it was going to be really cold where we were because it was like we had fucked around and fucked around and put off this trip and put off this trip until and we were just car camping but we put it off until it was it was sort of technically too cold to go where we were going up in the mountains but I said ah we'll just we'll just suck it up you know we'll build a big fire 
and then we'll dress warm for sleeping. And I, so I wore I wore these like uh, you know these like weird microfiber, which I don't even know. I'm beginning to believe that microfiber doesn't mean anything. It's just applied to a whole bunch of things. Right. And they're different from one another. Yeah, like my couch and a jacket have very little in common. Yeah, and and like a so, you know so, a sort towel. of like a rag for polishing stainless steel or whatever, right? Like yeah. Uh, so I, I, I wore these things, and then when I got home, I realized that for for whatever reason, these things are air permeable, but they are not permeable by any of the things in farts that are not air. Uh. And so they just became like this this sheath of farts surrounding my entire body. And I like it took so long to get the smell off of me and off of the clothes after I got back from the camping trip that I'm just like, I don't think it's safe for me to wear those. <laughs> right. Like, I just don't, you know, what those farts want out of my body and wearing a device that keeps all of the apparently uh, important parts of the smell of farts uh, near near my body. That's that's a device I don't want. Yeah, it's weird that like most thermal underwear now is so yeah, some kind of synthetic and nah. Like the point is that they ought to be made out of cotton, so they should breathe and they shouldn't trap nastiness next to your body. You know what I could do is I could get uh, one with some sort of fart hatch. Because mm. I don't really care. My fart hole is gets cold while I'm sleeping. <laughs> Just get you some drop seat. Get like a drop seat union suit. <clears throat> I don't know what any of those words mean. I thought at first you said just get dropsy. And I'm like, yeah. oh, is one of the side effects of dropsy that you never fart? No, that your farts smell great. Oh, good. <laughs> a drop seat. You know, like the, the full body long underwear that has a hatch in the back for pooping. Okay, so that's a drop seat? Yeah, because the seat drops to allow you to poop. Sure. What's a union? Union suit is. What's a union suit? Well, it's is the whole the, ensemble a drop seat union suit? Yes. It is what, a union is, a union yeah. suit that features a drop seat. They're called union suits because they are a union of shirt and pants. Oh, I see. Not because they were popularized by the Union Army. Right. Yeah, they look like footy pajamas if you took the feet out of them. <clears throat> Or, or are they union suits because they give all of your body's smells a collective bargaining position by right. focusing them all into a single confined space? I think that's it. But then you have the drop seat. And then you have the drop seat. The drop seat union suit. That's what, that's what you need, boy. <laughs> uh, do you want to look at some of these questions? Sure. Uh, Icefall5 is asking if we have any special St. Patrick's Day plans. I'm assuming you mean in real life. When is St. Patrick's Day like the 18th or something? 17th. Is that actually on a weekend this year? It's Thursday. Oh, fuck that noise. Although, you know, I basically in my in my curmudgeonly dotage have gotten to the point where I don't like going anywhere whenever anyone else is there. Right. Um, I, you know, like anytime I go out to a restaurant, I'm going to, if I, if it's like, Hey, you want to go out to dinner tonight? Oh wait, it's Friday. So fuck no, I don't want to go out to dinner tonight because every place is going to be crowded and you're going to have to wait for shit and it's going to be noisy. I know. And I, and I like, it, it makes me happy that I live a life where I can basically ignore what day of the week it is most of the time. Right. But, uh, yeah, man, fucking St. Patrick's day. Like 
You yeah. don't want to drive, and it's impossible to get a cab. Like, any time when I'm actually worried about drinking and driving, it is a time when... The, I mean, the reason that I'm worried about it is because there are going to be a million other people doing it in addition to me. Right, because you're really good the, at it. The nights, that, Yeah, exactly. The nights that I want to get a cab are the nights when you can't get a cab because everybody else had the same idea. Maybe what I need is some sort of like a like a, a, a teetotaling maidservant. No, wait, a manservant. A maidservant is somebody who servants a maid, right? Right. She herself is not a maid. Could a man be a maidservant? I don't think... Perhaps I could get some sort of man-made servant, like right. a robot to drive me around. I think you would be a little nervous that your uh, man-maidservant would have sex with your maid. You think? Hmm. I don't know. I could get one that didn't have a, you know, 250-pound Mexican woman fetish. Where are you going to find that kind of dude? I don't know. I guess you're right. It, it, that, is a, that is an almost universal across cultures thing that, that men like. Oh, man. So I don't have any St. Patrick's Day plans other than probably uh, to do a radio show... This is the first year in a long, long time that we don't have any friends who are playing at a bar. Which is weird. They just kind of, I don't know, smoked a lot of dope and fucked around and didn't book a gig. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think we already have a babysitter. Just kind of built in. But I don't know what we're going to do. I, I kind of agree with you, like, that... It's nice to go out and be with people, but eh. St. Patrick's Day is so crowded, and where there are a lot of people, there are bound to be just a whole lot of assholes. So yeah, you know what I will probably do is go to uh, the bar that we normally go to—the uh, good old, good old Prankster's Gar and Brill. Even though we've been trying to branch out a little bit lately, that's going to be an exciting experiment. But uh, they have a pretty good corned beef and cabbage on St. Patrick's Day, but they're always out of it by like two p.m. So, uh, maybe I'll go there for lunch. Corned beef and cabbage is pretty good. It is. Corned beef is pretty good, and cabbage is pretty good. Oh, man, speaking of pretty good, I went outside today and, uh, and found the first egg of my darling chicken's lives. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, pretty excited. I sent a picture of it to my mother. Are you going to eat it? Anyway, I haven't eaten it yet. I had heard that the first egg that they lay might be kind of fucked up, like it might be really small, or it might be like it might have a soft shell, oh. or might actually be a soft shell crab. If that would be been, weird. If there have been crabs having sex with your chickens, I don't think there have been any crabs. What if the chickens got crabs from somebody down at the uh, at the singles club? Is there any such thing as a singles club anymore? Was there ever any such thing as a singles club? <laughs> like a Lonely Hearts Club? Yeah. Or like a club where people get together and watch the movie Singles and uh, write essays about it and stuff. Yeah. Or a club where people uh, eat a lot of uh, Velveeta cheese singles. Craft singles? Who makes singles? Yeah, could be something like that. Or maybe where people go to eat the single hamburger from Wendy's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is a quarter pound double stack bigger or smaller than a single? I think it's bigger. Is, it, is a quarter pound double stack bigger than a double? 
I have blocked most of my memories of working at Wendy's, and I don't really eat there. Oh, I had actually, I had actually lost the memory that you worked for Wendy's. Didn't weren't there a bunch of charts about the colors of the? Like, I remember you memorizing some sequence of colors, which was how you construct a hamburger. Yeah, there was like, you make a M with the mayonnaise and like a with the mustard and the. Like they had little dots of color on the little posters so that you would know which condiments you were supposed to put on there. Hmm. You actually draw an M with the mustard? Yeah, to make sure that you get some in every bite is their goal. Oh. What about, what? couldn't you draw like a W or like a... They just, they felt that it would be easier for the kind of people who work at Wendy's to remember if it started with the same letter? Yeah. Was the M on the mustard and the M on the mayonnaise supposed to be, like, the same? Were they supposed to overlap? Or were you supposed to, like, rotate the burger 90 degrees? I'm telling you, I don't I don't remember anything. I remember that I had to, like, steal food they were going to throw out at the end of the day because they didn't pay me enough to be able to eat. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that's, that seems like they wouldn't... It seems like they would just give it away if they were going to throw it away. It seems like, well, you can't, like, give it to the homeless or whatever. There's some laws preventing basic human decency from operating under a lot of circumstances. Yeah, I mean, this was, like, I guess they were afraid that if they said employees can take home meat that's going to be bad by the end of the day, that suddenly there would be a whole lot more meat that was going to be going bad, so we better take it. You know, they're probably right about that. But I don't know, there was always just a shit ton. They were like, here, throw out this entire, you know, bin full of chicken breast. It's like, okay, can I, like, take a couple of them? I'm hungry. I'm so terribly hungry. No. Did you just have, like, you kept, like, a, uh, what you do is you get one of those little uh, satchels, like, they keep things hot inside them. (laughs) You know, like a, like a thermos bag. Oh, my thermos bag. I remember that fondly. Uh... And then you put it next to the dumpster. Yeah. And then you make a big show out of dumping the things into the dumpster in front of your manager, but you actually dump half of them. You sort of bounce them off the side of the dumpster into your thermos bag, which you then take home and sell to people at a discount. You become like the Wendy's black marketeer. I could dig that, yeah. Yeah. What I could also do is never work at Wendy's again. It's true. Um... But I'm saying, you know, if you wanted to do a similar thing, like, with, you know, if you wanted to take home the stuff that we throw away at the end of a day, like the jokes that aren't going to get consumed, the jokes that are going to be stale, you know, the the extremely topical jokes that we write that will no longer be relevant at the end of the day, that we just throw away at the end, you think, you, you know, you say, well, why can't I just take these home so that my family can laugh? Like, nope, you gotta throw all those Charlie Sheen jokes in the dumpster. You know, I feel like this is one of those things where I have heard more about... I have heard more complaints. I've heard more words dedicated to complaining about the ubiquity of Charlie Sheen jokes than I have dedicated to making Charlie Sheen jokes. And I think it is just because of the of the particular media circles that I, that I dip my beak in. Sure. You know? Because, you know, dipping your beak in circles. That's a... <laughs> that's like, a figure of speech. Like ponds, maybe. Yeah. Like like the pond's cold cream. Uh, yeah, you know. I think we were talking about that earlier in chat, so I thought I would bring it back up. But it's like 
I read enough on some of the Onion AV Club posted some transcripts of some of the weirder parts of his rants, and then it just turned into one of those Vuvuzela things where every website is like, winning at everything, Tiger's Blood, Warlock, winning at everything. Mm. Now, winning at X is the new meme replacing, I think, fuck yeah, X. Oh, yeah? Somebody, uh, it was, uh, somebody po- uh, sent in, I think, to the Twitter the other day that their friend made that fuck yeah nouns website, uh-huh. and then it instantly went viral. That was pretty clever. Well, sure. Uh, let's see. Scully Angel says, you mentioned a new clan dungeon a while ago. Any news on how soon that will happen? Also, thanks for the awesomeness that is the Alice game. Yeah, I mean, you know, the clan dungeon got later by exactly as long as it took to do the Alice game, for instance. (laughs) That's just what happens. It's, the clan dungeon, you know, a, a significant amount of work has gone into it, but there are still some just sort of like, it's still kind of floating around waiting for a, a firm vision of it to coalesce. Yeah. And, and it'll get there, you know. I mean, it, yeah, you know, it probably won't get there if we don't force ourselves to work on it and think about it periodically. But we've been doing a reasonably good job of doing that. Yeah. I think what happens is every time I get interested in it and do, you know, like a day's worth of work on it, then somebody comes in and changes all the parameters. And I go, oh, well, oh, well, that kind of doesn't work with what I just did. Okay. I'm just going to wait till we have a direction for this until I do any more stuff. Hmm. Oh, sorry. But then, you know, what happens is everybody's waiting on everybody else, too. So, like, people are waiting for me to throw more stuff in there to make it take more shape. And Yeah. You know, we need to just, uh, you know, maybe we need to, we need to start doing another meeting, which is just you and me and Riff yelling at each other about shit. That's what you, you know, not yelling. Th- I think that's what you need in a week is more conference calling. More conference calls. I, I only have uh, two. They're getting pretty short. Speaking of which, Zarufen1 says, how's the new game coming along? Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty swimmingly. I, uh, I actually went a couple of weeks without playing a build and it, and, uh, it was like, wow, this is really cool. Cause I remember writing down that I wanted all these things in here and then suddenly they like have art and you can use them to kind of do what I specified that they should do. Um, but you know, enough that it's not like they didn't read it at all. It's <laughs> just like they didn't read it carefully. <laughs> I was pleased that, uh, like the other night I went to just check out the current build before I wrote some stuff and ended up instead just playing with that build for two hours. Mm-hmm. And felt it's, like I, I didn't even see all of everything in that two hours. Even though, like, all the gear is way overpowered now, I was still finding myself making interesting choices. Cool. You're going to like, like it. it. You're going to like it, but not a lot. And the chorus goes like this. Psyche says, Dear gentlemen, the Philosopher's Scone and its item description are spot on, so thanks for that. I've been trying to guess who wrote that. Was that when you, Jake? No, that was actually a riff. Yeah. Um... It was, though. It's just kind of like, oh, yep, that is exactly like a joke that we would make. <laughs> yeah, that shows your... That has your economy of words to it, I feel. Oh, it does. Like, you're capable of being way funnier in, like, five words than... Or as funny in five words as I am in 20. Sometimes. Hmm. Well, Riff, Riff, uh... Yeah. Channeled yeah. me there for a minute, then. 
Also, Jake, you told a story at some point about an argument in which a girlfriend pointed a TV remote at you and said mute, whereupon you pointed it back at her and it said 36, 24, 36. Have you given any thought to how she could have replied? I think the best retort is the obvious one for her to point the remote at your dick and attempt to turn up the volume. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. How many, I don't know. How many cubic milliliters of volume is in your dick at the moment? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't really know how to measure that. Uh, I, I could be you, like, uh, what? Who, who was it that fucked a bathtub and then was like, Eureka, now I know how big my dick is. Yeah, just you could be the Archimedes of, uh, of dick measurement. Yeah. And then you could talk about how it's not about length or girth, it's all about volume! <laughs> how and do I, we do it? <laughs> right, I was going to say every time you give a woman an orgasm, you could say, how do I do it? Volume! But, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time what? Yeah, saying. I wasn't saying. I was going to let you say. Yeah. That's usually my that's usually my job, to self-deprecate in that exact way. Right. Which Tupac two says, but I don't want to derail the actual discussion. I was just curious which girlfriend that was. Uh that was uh that was uh, Marie back back up in uh, in the old town. Oh. It was a long time ago. I thought it was pretty funny. Looking, you know, knowing what I know now, I can totally understand why someone would get deeply upset if you made a joke like that. Right. You know, like, because, hey, I wish that you would be quiet. Oh, yeah? Well, I wish you were more attractive. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. I can, I can understand why that went badly for me in retrospect. It is kind of like saying, you know, well, you're ugly, but at least I can shut my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom- tomorrow... Tonight when we're sleeping, I'll be quiet and you'll still be fat. That's what I'll say. Because yeah. I'm never quiet when I'm awake. So I'd be lying if I said that. The uh, portrayal of Winston Churchill in the King's Speech is pretty good. Huh. I don't know who it was. And I also didn't uh, recognize Jeffrey Rush as the guy who played Barbosa, which is really the only thing I knew him from. Even though he's theoretically like a renowned actor. To me, he's just that guy from that pirate suit. From the pirate suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Are they making another Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Did I read that somewhere? Yeah. They're making like six more Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I don't know. I I think they should make three prequels and then make the the three sequels, so that the mm-hmm. whole saga is complete. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I believe that the. <sighs> I don't know that I believe that the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are important enough that it matters. Like, I feel like I could just watch 15 minutes of any one of those movies and it would just be kind of identically satisfying as any other 15 minutes of any of them, you know? Because it's like, well, you know, there's some characters. (laughs) I, like, I really liked the first one. And then I really enjoyed the second one. Like, maybe it wasn't quite as fun as the first one, but I thought it did some really interesting things with, like, expanding the, you know, making, like, a a kind of conglomerated myth out of everything that sailors talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, throwing Davy Jones in there and the Kraken and all that. The third one was just endless and tedious, though. So... That's the one that had the Asians in it. Yeah, they they decided that every minor character needed some kind of story arc. And so, like, the dude with the wooden eye 
has to have a whole big story arc that plays out over the four hour course of the movie where all the rest of the people you don't give a shit about are also having these little story arcs and yeah. like it was really beautifully balanced I'm sure like a diagram of the screenplay would look beautiful mm-hmm. but kind of stupid I you know I think the fourth one is maybe going to be good like they're losing half of the characters and kind of starting over on a storyline so maybe are they, are they rebooting it? it is somebody other than Johnny Depp going to be Jack Sparrow no it's not going to be like like Christian Bale. Yeah, everything's Christian Bale. Or Christian Slater. And Bale Slater. <clears throat> uh, 2 wrote, Any news on the crypt revamp? Also, do you pronounce the misspelled things as they should be? Were they not misspelled or as they actually are? I definitely say them as they are. Uh, you know, uh, I say the misspelled cemetery because even when with that spelled wrong... I think we talk about, like, ghoul whelps. Yeah. But I usually just say ghoul whelp, actually. Or just whelp, because I... I say lick, because I don't know how that's supposed to be pronounced, or even what it is, so... I think it is like. It's like what? Because it is... Oh. It is... A, it, is a, it came from... What I, I read this and then I think somebody told me that it was that it was wrong and then I couldn't find it again where I had read it. But it came from some Germanic word that was like L E I C H meaning corpse. Ah. Which would definitely have been pronounced like and with only a single letter elided would become the word that we have now, but it would still I think be pronounced like I mean lich. R- like rich. R I C H is pronounced rich, right? And R and L are basically the same letter so there's no reason for it to change dramatically but because I guess we don't really have anything do we have a lot of English words that end in I-C-H that are Ike it normally requires that E to make that sound right yeah Yeah, I don't know sometimes I say the curped but sometimes I say the crypt really it varies I definitely don't remember uh, what a lot of the skeletons are called so I just call them skeletons. Trust. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I have not worked on it in like a week or so. It's not. It's not going to take like a tremendous amount of work. But I want to. I want to get it right. It, there's a few things that I need to just decide how they're going to work, um, and I, I need to. I need to have like a shower moment where a, a simple structure presents itself to me. Um, I think we're finally getting all of the business nonsense straightened out. So everything uh, everything should get back to some semblance of normalcy. Lovely. <clears throat> uh, Chlid says, It's my birthday today, and I was planning to celebrate with a contest based around today's Alice's Army leaderboard. This obviously went a bit wrong because of the leaderboards being down because of lag issues. Do we know how Uncle C.D. Moyer is doing with bringing it back to life? Uh, he had to... He went away for a little while. Um, he went to South by Southwest Interactive, and I'm not sure that he is home yet. Um, but I know that at the last meeting, he said that he would basically not be around for the better part of a week. Um... So yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it is it is time. We were discussing this at the last uh, at the last meeting, and it's like there's no one thing that we can point to that's that's adding the lag. It's just that when we go through and do a bunch of optimizations, we then spend the next six months being slightly less careful about things being being uh, sort of efficient, and so then we have to start you know 
analyzing the slow query logs and stuff to like see what it is that's causing these problems. Where you know there, there's a handful of things that we can do that should help a little bit. Like <laughs> Hanks, Hanks ought to get significantly faster for people who are ascending uh, before too long because um, that's one of the biggest uh, that's one of the most contested tables just because of the way that it gets access um, there's probably a handful of other things that we could give that same kind of treatment um, but yeah I don't know I, we, we need to figure out like you know it, with this Alice's Army stuff it was more important that it work than it be like efficient to begin with you know and it's just it was one of those things that was like already late and still isn't really done and so optimizing all of the database elements of it was sort of the last thing but now there are just tens of thousands of games that are being played all the time and so it's like well fuck this is actually causing some problems uh jatag tick jag jag says hey guys any possibilities of further exploits plot or otherwise of subject 37 uh you know that's a that's a plot hook for the future sure maybe maybe one day We'll see him. <clears throat> Mega Man Rock says, Thoughts on a Mr. Store container item? Containers are a slot that very few people in the kingdom get to use as they are incredibly expensive. And while a new Bayo item is the only container available to players who bought the BBB, it is really a gag item with no effect. Uh, would you ever consider an item that was a container or squishable that could turn into a container as a Mr. Store item? It could drastically change pull list if it had a relevant effect. That is, of course, my personal take on it. I mean, if I were to ever actually make that equipment slot a thing again i think it would be something other than container because it doesn't make any sense like the function that that inventory slot was meant to fill is a function that we stopped using fairly early in the game's lifetime and you know what i should have done was learned lessons from later in the future and at the time when i decided to get rid of the container slot just nuked all the fucking container items that had been hacked into existence like there was never a legitimate one and so just getting rid of those would have been the thing to do so they wouldn't be like this weird forbidden fruit expensive novelty thing right you know and it's like I thought well we could add a back slot right like it could be another thing that you'd unlock like a shirt but then there are so many things that are already like accessories that are actually technically things that would go on your back or whatever and I just don't think we need any more inventory slots and the fact that that one's there just tantalizing you just out of reach is what makes you think it's important. Skybar asks if Sneaky Pete's Day and Feast of Boris will be concurrent this week. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's funny that, like, I just realized that when all I needed to do was look at my KOL calendar and see that there are two pictures on that day. Yeah. But it took somebody mentioning it in chat. Yeah, I, for whatever reason, my I have a KOL calendar on my wall all the time, but it is, like, always a month or two behind because I don't actually use it for anything. Right. I should get more organized with my times. No, I shouldn't. Yeah, uh, so did... I thought the reason that we changed the time of the radio show is that it made it so it doesn't change for everyone else. The reason like we it change, change, changes for me, but it doesn't change for you, and it doesn't change for the listeners. Right. So why there's this confusion? So is this going to be on in just over an hour, as suggested by the in-game announcement, or just over two hours, as per the radio KOL schedule? Why did that change? Is there is the radio KOL schedule based on like GMT or something? Don't think so. I, I don't. Perhaps the person who asked that question is in an area that doesn't do daylight savings time. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he's in Arizona. Uh, the gap in the plot is asking if we can remove the pumpkin lanterns from our profiles now. Yeah, I should probably give people a way to do that. The, the trouble is there's not there's not really a, a well-supported or documented way to look at your own profile. So, I mean, I guess it could just, we could put a thing in profile options, which is like, you know, just this pumpkin is displaying on your profile and then a link to remove it. Um, oh, so the, uh, the radio schedule is an extra hour ahead. Huh. It says that the current time is 10.56 Eastern, which it's not. It's 9.56 Eastern. Hmm. I have... My clock is all fucked up. I don't even know what time it is here. It's like 7 now. <laughs> yeah, so the the radio show should should be at the same time for everybody as it's been since we changed it an hour later so that I could do it while Jess was in class. Right. Oh, right. We changed it to be an hour later. Is it... Yeah. Fuck, man. I... Every time I go somewhere and I change the time on my laptop to reflect wherever I am, I feel like I have to keep changing the time on my laptop three or four times before it actually gets back to normal, and I don't understand why that would be the case. Uh, hey, do you want to uh, do you want to take one of them there breaks? That sounds like an excellent idea. Alrighty, we'll see you in about twelve or thirteen minutes, kids, and we're back. <clears throat> cool. Hey, everybody. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Did you do anything exciting over the break? I went and got a beer. I went and got a beer, and I cleaned up the beer that I spilled on the desk by giving the first beer a little bit of head. And, mm. yeah, my, my uh, activities were all beer-related as well. Uh, I managed to get another uh, case of that Saison Dubuff collaboration. You tried some of that while we were in San Diego, didn't you? I don't think the crazy so, crazy no. parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme beer. I think it was after I left that you guys went and got that. Hmm. It's good. It's good. And uh, we thought that it was gone forever, but then I tracked down another case of it at the liquor store. And the guy said, yeah, we still have that because nobody likes it. What the fuck is the matter with you? Excellent. I mean, what's the, what's the matter with everybody? Right. I'm not going to say I don't like it. I've never tried it. Yeah. Well, we'll save one for you next time you're out here. I'm drinking uh, Kugel. actually came out with an 1888 buck. They claim is the, the same recipe and everything that somebody made in 1888, and it, it's delicious. Oh, yeah? doesn't taste old. No. Is it kind of sepia-toned? It is. Is it actually a Daguerreau type of a beer? Yeah, it, it is a Daguerreau type. It, it should have a daguerreotype on the cover. That would be kind of cool. It also should have a cover and not a label, which is what it has, because that's what bottles have. Atrophied wrote uh, into the thread, uh, ellipticals are awful, awful training machines. You know, in my experience, <clears throat> he's right. I think that maybe I've never used an elliptical machine that was, like, c- calibrated or built for somebody my height. Uh-huh. Because I've been told... That elliptical machines allow you to exercise with a very natural, sort of comfortable movement, and uh-huh. it could that could not be further than the truth for me. Uh-huh. Like it feels when I use one, like I'm, like I'm trying to film, uh, like a like a dwarf on golf, Tim Conway style joke 
thing where I'm playing a character whose legs actually start at his knees. Uh-huh. Right? So imagine if you just, like, tied my legs together just above the knee, and then I was trying to, like, operate a machine with legs that were half the length of my actual legs. See, to me, it's just like if I'm... <clears throat> it would be, like, just suspended in the air and making circles with my legs. Like... Mm-hmm. And that's what it's supposed to do. Like it seems to do that pretty well for me. Just making running be a thing that you know, you're, like you're running naturally, but there's just no ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It works for me. I can, uh, I can do it without getting too winded and sore, even if I'm doing a lot of it and going a long way. So mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. The exercise bike is, is with- you know, like an exercise bike is just kind of more sitting. And doing stuff with your legs. At least the elliptical mm-hmm. gets your arms going. Yeah, unless you just don't use your arms. If you just sort of stand there and let those things hit you in the chest. Yeah. I think you may never have been on a... Have you ever been on an elliptical that's like... Like a pricey, fancy one? No. Because the one that I have at home was one that we bought really cheap. And just absolutely did not stand up to a guy as big as I am using it for very long. Mm-hmm. And it definitely gave me that feeling like this is an exercise bike that somebody slapped some shit on to try and turn it into an elliptical and it's terrible. Hmm. Well, maybe I should, uh, you know, maybe I should just renew my vows to never go to a gym and just stop talking about this. Okay. I'm going to be talking about the gym like every week though. Are you? Unless I stop going and then you'll be like, hey, what about the gym? And I'll be like, eh, fuck you. Uh-huh. I, I think, though, I think that you've stumbled upon the secret. I think you're the first person in history to pay for a gym membership thinking that the money that you're paying will encourage you to actually go to the yeah. gym. It's this whole new thing that nobody's tried before. Yeah. At least it's monthly, so it, in the inevitable failure, I won't be out, you know, like a year's worth of gym membership. Well, that's the spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> Come on. You know, they I mean, you say. will eventually stop going to the gym because eventually you will die. But hopefully it will be at the ripe old age of, like, 250 because the gym turns you into some sort of superhuman. Yeah. But I always, I, I believe in that old adage that if you plan to fail, then your ass is covered when you fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you fail- failing to plan, however, is planning to fail. Yeah, if you fail to plan to fail, then you're planning on failing to fail. I think. Uh, Blister Guy points out that the Winston Churchill in the King's Speech was Timothy Spall, who is quite awesome. He was uh, Peter Pettigrew in Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, that yeah, guy. okay. He's been that Every- guy in a whole lot of things. He's really good. Right. He's jowly. He is. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for Winston Churchill, you're definitely looking for someone with a, kind of that bulldog face. Yeah. Uh, boy, speaking of jowly, I saw some pictures of Val Kilmer today. That dude is fucking jowly these days. Has he gotten kind of beefy? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I just saw a picture of his face. I know there was a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of face. Yeah, it happens, you know. I mean, uh, why can't I think of uh, Marlon Brando's name? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can is the answer. Help me, Doctor. I can't think of Marlon Brando's name. Mm. 
Uh, let's see. Blister Guy says, this is actually a pretty good question. I don't know that I've ever actually talked to you about this. Uh, is it time to change trophies to match with achievement systems? As in, make it so there's a list of them in the trophy hop for people to strive for or whatever. I often wonder if that wouldn't be a good idea. Um, whether anybody is really... Like, the fact that anybody who gives a shit about trophies is just going to look on the wiki and find out what to do to get all of the trophies... You know, there is a certain segment of the population that I think enjoys hunting for trophies, and then there's a certain segment that, like, it doesn't enjoy the fact that, like, 95 hasn't been found, even though it is super simple to get, and based on the time that it was released, ought, in my mind, to be really obvious uh-huh. how you get it. Um, but just, like, I don't know, what do you think? Like, what do you think the, what do you think the benefits of our current trophy system are versus an achievement system like any other game has now. Yeah. I think that if we wanted to add an achievement system, it should be something separate from the trophy system because I appreciate that when we built the trophy system, games didn't work like they do now, which is every fucking five minutes it congratulates you on accomplishing some menial task so that you feel like you're doing something other than just playing a game. I mean, well, I, mean like- I don't think I don't think I want to add a new system, you know, and especially not one that's like that horseshit. I mean, I, I feel like that bothers all of us equally, right? And so I would say that you know, <clears throat> I don't want to turn trophies into something that's even in that genre. I like what they were meant to be in the beginning, which is like random rewards for doing random stuff in our random game. And the fact that they're not for a lot of people shouldn't bother us really, because you know. Hardly anybody gives the gifts as gifts, and we're still sticking to that gun. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I just wonder. I wonder how many more people who don't look at the wiki would enjoy collecting those things. You, you know, you're just. I feel like in the current state of the game, no one left to their own devices would ever find a lot of the trophies. Like a lot of them were just products of the time that they were release you know uh, nobody is going to do a thousand short trips like it, it, it is going to take you know it would take 10 years for somebody to do that if they weren't doing it for the sole purpose of getting the trophy sure. right because it used to be that the shore was the only thing that there was to do if you wanted to get some stats and now you <laughs> only do it as much as you have to because it's like this just weird anachronistic mostly worthless bullshit right yeah. I mean beyond beyond its value in having some fine writing Hey, you don't have to stroke me on that one. I agree. Yeah. And it's writing that didn't take that long to do. And it, it, it's not one of those things where I'm like, my God, I poured so much effort into this, and now you want to change it. Yeah. Now. Yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't feel that way. I just, I wanted, you to, I wanted you to know that when I'm talking shit about our work, it is only my part of our work that right. I'm talking shit about, as we've established. Um, <clears throat> because it, like everything that I do, is worthless. And my part uh, of it, like everything I do, was easy. <laughs> um, yeah. Azulian asks if we will implement <laughs> conditionals in chat macros. Ah, boy. Uh, you know, the right thing to do would have would be to have chat macros use the same schema as combat macros. You know. Um. Because uh-huh. right now they're just they're just a weird language that we made up when we were just half-assing making up a language. Um, 
yeah, you know, there's no reason not to just use that scripting language because the interpreter, I'm sure, would be pretty easy to just drop into chat commands. Uh, also, favorite pasta guardian? Uh, you know, there was one that I thought was really funny that you did. All of mine were terrible. Of course, mine were simple. Uh, you, you did what? What were yours? The bow tie bat was yours. I like the. Uh, my favorite is the penny dreadful. Okay. Even though he's kind of a like penny dreadful is a detective in like the Sherlock Holmes style, and he's a film noir detective. But I don't know. I really enjoy writing the film noir pastiche. So what is what does the penny dreadful look like when you summon it? A bitch. <laughs> oh, Vermincelli was the one that I liked. Oh, the that best. was good. That was yours, wasn't it? I think it? that was a riff. Oh. Huh. I thought I thought Vermicelli was yours. The Penny Dreadful looks like a little pasta skeleton with a magnifying glass. Ah, okay. Okay. I remember that guy now. I forgot that we added a bunch of those. And that that's actually a sort of a fully fleshed out content vector now. As opposed to something that I did a handful of and then sat there saying, Oh, we should do some more of those for forever. It's been a long time since anybody said, Hey, when are you going to add some more pasta guardians? Because there's totally enough now. I don't remember if we ever did that thing that we were talking about doing where we made the... Um, oh, the Pokeball thing that you get in the Postmancer quest into a free pull. What's that thing called? It's like a crystal orb of spirit wrangling. Yeah. yeah. So, something like that. We were going to make that pullable we were gonna make it not a quest item I think and have it be a thing where you could keep to maybe we I don't remember what it is we were gonna do with that we were gonna do something something somebody suggested and I was like yeah why not you know we talked about it a little bit like nobody had a problem with it yeah I don't even remember oh well keep up the awesome work says Azulian yeah and now you see how we do it Blister Guy says, also, see the first episode of Blackadder Season 2, where when the doctor says manservant, he's actually referring to Blackadder's penis. Mr. Skullhead, have you ever watched Blackadder? I have watched two or three episodes of Blackadder. It's one of those things that a lot of my theater nerd friends were obsessed with in high school. You know, note when I say that, that I'm not saying they were theater nerds and I wasn't. Just, right. You know. They, they were obsessed with it in a way that I didn't quite understand. And that it was kind of funny, but it wasn't like yeah, a Monty I, Python where I saw, went and sought out every episode. Yeah, I mean, my impression of it was like, like, I don't understand how somebody could be so into something that there was so little of. Although, you know, Firefly, there's comparatively little of, and people are really, really into it. But it just, it was, when I watched, you know, the episode or two of Blackadder that I've seen, it was, it was funny when it was funny. But it was boring, like ninety-five percent of the time, and I don't—I don't know, man. It, it was a little. It, it is hard for humor to be too dry for me, <laughs> but uh, it's too dry. Question says Baxter Since you're talking about the crypt, where did the lich description come from? Where it says it's like a chupacabra, because as far as I'm aware, it's really not. You know, when I was writing the hit and miss texts for the lich like like i looked it up and one of the things it said was it is like the german version of the chupacabra like huh. a, a creature that preys on livestock so <laughs> i put that in there thanks wikipedia <laughs> i mean it may be right 
It's just that people are more accustomed to what Dungeons and Dragons decided a lich was than what, you know, actual folklore decided a lich was. Right. I, you know, it's going to be weird. What, like, I feel like World of Warcraft is going to have as significant effect on the popular conceptions of what a lot of folklore things are as, like, Tolkien and, and then Gygax did, right? Like, Sure. It's going to be. I mean, they made me believe that "librum" was a word that meant book, and it is in fact a word that they just fucking made up. Right. Right. But that totally sounds right. And I, you know, I feel a little weird about using it and continuing to use it, but like not weird enough that I'm not going to. It's they, they've just sort of like retconned Latin in a fantasy setting, right? Like it's I, I don't, it's weird to me. It's weird to me to see these things happen, like things that. Things that I wonder about, like, what happened 300 years ago that made this word like this? You know, because it was it was just something... It was something that you would never think to look for, I bet. It was something that nobody thought to write down. And now it's just this crazy mystery that's lost to the sands of time. Sure. Now, I guess, at least with our sort of modern uh, obsession with record-keeping and archival, as long as, as long as there's not... I don't know whether I feel like some cataclysmic event is the greater threat to digital media or if the just steady march of progress rendering the technology like unusable is a bigger threat. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, what happens to all the stuff that's on CD-ROMs when they're not manufacturing anything that can read CD-ROMs anymore? That is the problem that I have with ebooks. Yeah. That it, well, that a book is something that requires no intercessor to read, right? Well, it requires your imagination. If you can, well, to get the information out of a book, you only need to be able to understand the language that it's written in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the human machine is capable of doing that. Whereas I, it looks like as ebooks become more and more popular, people are kind of going, ah, fuck it, who needs books? Including libraries. Like, yeah, we, we can get rid of a bunch of these fucking books, dump them in a landfill, and then we can just, you know, have ebooks, and that'll be great, and just have a bunch Burn of Kindles. I mean, what's, what's weird, though, is that I feel like, there, while I agree with you about that concern, there are, there are a bunch of things where an identical concern doesn't bother me at all. Like, well, okay, I remember when you used to fill out forms and send them in with ink on them to pay your taxes, and now... I have to look at a computer to read these tax forms that are being sent in. Man, that's that's fucked up. You know, it shouldn't require this this intercessor, as you put it, to do it. But I don't feel that way at all. Yeah, but I'm thinking you know, in like six, in fifty years, in somebody will still want to read this book. In fifty yeah. years, nobody will give a shit what my tax form said, right? But or even like I'm thinking like in six hundred years, you know, we we have books. From I mean, we have the Egyptian Book of the Dead that we can still read from thousands of years ago, which you know that was right after the Earth was created, right? Some of the yeah, oldest yeah. things that we have are books, and in a thousand years, you know, somebody will find the racks of servers of the great previous civilization and not know what the fuck to do with them. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, you know, do, do you? What do you think? Like, I kind of wonder if. It's possible for there to be 
I mean, I guess this. I guess. I guess I don't wonder this. It is definitely possible for there to be something that wipes out all of our knowledge without wiping us out uh-huh. completely, to the point where there wouldn't be anyone to look at it. If there weren't, you know, if there wasn't a sort of like known chain of causality, like the, it, it is no longer possible for like a single pope getting out of hand to destroy most of the collected written knowledge of mankind, right? Like, there's just too much of it. It's too everywhere. Uh-huh. I feel like in order in order for everything that plugs in to become lost to time, that would require a, a disaster of such scope that it, there probably wouldn't be anyone left to plug anything in anyway. Know, but maybe not, you know. I mean, maybe 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 there are untouched civilizations that just wouldn't be bothered at all if, you know, let's say every computer blows up and destroys everything in a 500 mile radius around it, right? There's civilization just gone. Yeah. But there would still be people. The Amish would be unbearably smug. Yeah, they would. But we wouldn't know, so it'd be fine. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if any Twitter questions came in. I forgot to log into the Twitter before we first started uh, doing this. When I use Twitter on my laptop, it uh, it uses the old Twitter interface. When I use it on my desktop, it uses the new one. I know. <clears throat> for what I use Twitter for, I don't really notice the change in the interface. Mm. It's kind of annoying to have to... When you're trying to click into somebody's timeline, that's a little annoying, but the rest of it's just... just yeah, I mean, I use it so infrequently. Boy, I get mad every time I use Facebook on an actual computer. <laughs> yeah. Which I have to when I want to silence people for... And, and I'm not talking about you, Mr. Skullhead, but when I get fed up with the just crazy murder-the-rich liberal propaganda that's being posted that is just as offensive to my sensibilities as, like, the crazy bullshit that my super Republican acquaintances from back home would post. And I just, like, you know what? I don't want to see this person's posts anymore. I have to log on to actual Facebook on a computer to do that because the phone client doesn't let you, like, you know, snip somebody from your news feed. Right. And every time I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, on my phone, I am looking at this graph about the you know how horrible the income distribution is or whatever nonsense and when I log in to the fucking website to find that post to click the little thing that says shut the fuck up it's just not there man you can't let Mark Zuckerberg decide what you see and what you don't see man yeah dude yeah it's bullshit that those systems are closed man I was kind of I guess everybody's decided that Twitter is assholes because they uh don't want third-party clients being written to use Twitter anymore. <laughs> and uh, while while I can see why somebody would think, oh, I wish they hadn't done that, it still boggles my mind that people feel like they have the right to... Like, the, the sort of, like, divine... Like, moral right to demand that a private company that's providing them with a service provide it to them by the customer's terms and not the provider's terms. You know? I can see them saying, like, if somebody could say, if you don't change the way you're providing this to me, I will stop using it and mean it, I would be fine with people saying that, sure. Right. But it's more like, this has become 
you know, an integral part of my life now, and so you have to make adjustments to it for my sensibilities. Like, Facebook, it sucks when Facebook changes stuff, but, you know, the cycle is, Facebook changes stuff, a bunch of people bitch about it by making groups on Facebook, and then they kind of absorb it, and they're fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, we should we should learn these lessons from looking at our own stuff, right? Sure. <clears throat> there was a thing that somebody posted, and it was like, it was a, it, this makes me happy, actually, because I think... I think that this was brought up or came out of some GDC talk where some company that runs a free-to-play game was like, hey, you know all of those things you say about how you can't sell things in a free-to-play game that actually give you a gameplay advantage? Uh, that's bullshit, because look at us. Like, we weren't making any money until we started doing that, and now we're making some money, and we have just as many people playing, and more of them are giving us money. And, like, they actually did analytics on the people who had said... You know, ah, fuck this, I'm quitting on the forums. Those people were more likely to buy the stuff that they complained about being for sale sure. than the average user. And not only do they not quit, they they will spend money on stuff that they say should not exist. Well, sure. You know, if, and, and, you know, that doesn't surprise me. If they were disinclined to spend the money on it, they wouldn't complain about having to. Yeah. Right? I it, guess. It did bug me that... So Facebook did an update where they changed it so what appears in your newsfeed are just the people that you've interacted with frequently instead yeah, of all remember, of your friends. I remember seeing some. I remember seeing a bunch of people really outraged. Well, like <clears throat> a lot of the time, you get people posting like, "Oh my God, Facebook did this, and you have to change it," or they'll come to your house, you know. And and most of those are bullshit. In that particular one, I finally read through. And then I noticed, yeah, like, there's only, like, 12 people in my newsfeed, and there are a lot of people that I don't talk to, per se, but I like to hear what they're up to. And changing that just kind of dropped everything back in. It seemed really weird that they would drop that feature and not announce it and have it automatically turned on. Hmm. So it was weird. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to quit Facebook because they did that. I'm going to keep posting my angry liberal propaganda. Yours, yours isn't so bad. Every now and again, I get my dander up, and I yeah. link a bunch of shit. But uh, I don't know. I have enough friends who are libertarians and republicans that they will post, you know, these lengthy arguments. And like, I didn't want to post a lengthy argument. I just wanted to point out this thing that is obviously true. Yeah, I find middle class libertarians to be adorable. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, boy. I will not elaborate on that, because this isn't that kind of show. Oh, come on. We can we can yell at each other about politics. This is whatever kind of show we decide it's going to oh, be. That's right. I find middle-class libertarians to be adorable because they have this system of values and beliefs and ethics that cause them to fall directly in line with the exact same outcomes that the Republicans are looking for, too. And to me, it's just kind of, you guys got tricked into acting against your best interest, all the while saying that you think that you should always only act in your own best interest. Like, it is not in your best interest to have the government not regulate businesses. It just isn't. If you like drinking clean water and eating clean food, it is in your best interest to have the government intervene in that particular case. 
like, nope, I'm a rugged individual. It's in it's in my best interest that these billionaires not be at all inconvenienced by having to be, you know, having to follow things that are good for humanity but not profitable. I mean, I think I think that the line of argument on stuff like that is that the the extent to which. Uh, regulation and the and the complexities of actually doing you know like that the the regulation that keeps our food safe is also the regulation that creates the situation that i described earlier where there are people starving and there are millions of calories worth of food being thrown away every day because it is against the law for the people throwing away the food to give it to the people who are starving right and that sucks Sure, but it, you know, that's not. And it's, to, like, and it's like, how does, how does? Yeah, but you got to balance and, and, that. And I, you know, right. I'm not trying to argue one side or this or the other. I'm just, I, I am trying to imagine putting myself in the shoes of of someone who believes that like a perfectly free market can be both sustainable and good, right? And I mean, it probably can't. You know, I mean, I, I like, I feel like I am kind of anti-union I am kind of anti like really strict legislation on what you can and can't do like on your own property sure. you know and while while I understand that there is the need for building codes to stop my neighbor from building some 40 foot tower with a bunch of bombs on top of it that then falls over and blows up my house right I feel like the the obnoxious day to day nonsense inconveniences that 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 regulation causes kind of outweigh the 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 benefits because I don't think that in general the kind of shit that those regulations are stopping happens that much, right? And it's like, I kind of want to take, you know, we had this argument and I, I honestly felt kind of vindicated by the data in this argument. It was it was an argument with, that I got into with your uh, mostly with your babysitter gal, who I really like, by the way. Yeah, I don't want to, but but I feel like we could not come from more opposite ends of the spectrum on a lot of the things that we believe, right? Sure, she makes me look like Rush Limbaugh. I I think it is absolute horseshit that car seats are legally required for for babies because they are. They are really expensive, and I, I do not believe that the motivation for that law existing was anything other than the companies that make those car seats lobbying to make them required so that they can sell a lot of them. I don't think it is about, and the problem is it's impossible to argue against this without people saying, oh, so you want kids to die in, in fiery car crashes. No, fuck no, I don't, and I would put my kid in a car seat. But what I don't think that we should do is, like, take away people's kids because they're too poor to afford a car seat or fine them but so that, much that now they can't afford a car seat and they can't afford dinner. But that doesn't know? happen either. Well, I mean, I, you're a guy who, you know, our baseline that we've established is that $600 is not a lot of money. Right? The baseline that we've established is that I I feel like a quarter I feel like a week's income for a person should not be the difference between like I'm not saying that it's not a lot of money right I'm not saying that a person like a week's income for a person is not a lot of money because it's like there's a lot of things that you do there's a lot of things that you have to do in a month and you only get four weeks of income every month right how much but, wait how much do you think 
a the cheapest, like meets the legal standards car seat costs. Probably, I, my my impression is that you have to spend like a hundred or two hundred dollars every couple of years. Forty five. That your that your kid is under five. It, it, Forty five. Regardless, regardless, I still think that it is bullshit. I don't trust the motivations. And looking at the data, it is estimated that those car seat laws save like 400 people a year. They save 400 lives a year. And I guarantee, I absolutely guarantee that if your goal was to save lives, you could save a lot more lives than that a lot more cheaply than by requiring people to have car seats that are like manufactured and certified by these specific companies. I I mean, it's... I feel like you are so mistrustful of big business that in a case like this where their selfish motivations cause them to do something that also makes sense, you know, that that you suddenly don't believe that the motivation is actually there. And that's that's no, I just think that the motivation is irrelevant. It saves 400 kids. If one of those kids is my kid, that's fine. I also think like I'm not talking about your kid. You would put your kid in a car seat anyway. But right? anybody who has any business having a kid should put that kid in a car seat. Because, you know, anybody who has any business having a kid should know what you feed a baby versus what you feed a two-year-old. Anybody who has any I, business know, having a kid should take him to the fucking doctor. That's, you, I, know, you know, there is a base right? set of parameters that you should be able to abide by before you go having a kid. And, having, and, when, you, and when you talk about things... It in, is weird in, for me... In, this frame, it is very easy for somebody to agree with you because t- disagreeing with you is like saying that you want kids to die. It, it no, becomes you are a guy who says that you shouldn't have a kid unless you can pull together ten thousand dollars. Absolutely. So forty-five dollars for a car seat. <clears throat> I'm saying that if we want to make a difference, let's pass a law that says you have to have $10,000 in your pocket before you're allowed to have a kid, not that you are legally required to spend $45 on a thing that is going to reduce your kid's chance of dying by one one-thousandth of a percent. Right? Like, if, if we are trying to solve a problem, let's fucking solve it and not do some bullshit that just puts money in the pockets of car seat manufacturers and has a negligible impact on the, the health and safety and lives. But it does. Of the people, the, and the people it's that also covered. it's permissible for you to resell car seats. I'm looking right. on Craigslist right now. There is a there's a window of time that you, it is perfectly fine and legal for you to sell the car seat. To somebody okay. else, I can get I, one for I, for thirty dollars online <laughs> right now, and then you for two years, your kid's going to be safe in that car seat. Okay, like, it's a really weird thing for you to be all gung ho about. It's bizarre to me. But, but the thing is, the reason that I am gung ho about it is because there are there are a billion, there are literally a billion ways that the government could intervene in our lives to save our children from things that would be cheaper and more effective than legally requiring people to have car seats. And we're not doing any of those things. And I question the reasoning behind that, right? I, it is not that I think that there shouldn't be a law that says you have to have car seats explicitly right but it is it seems incredibly strange to me that there is a law that says you have to do that but there is not a law that says that you can't feed your kid mcdonald's for every meal even though that is going to save way more life like just fucking banning mcdonald's would save a ton of lives right 
we understand that the government can't do that because McDonald's has too much money, right? Well, we understand that people, by and large, have the right to eat whatever they want and feed their kids whatever they want. The kid is not right. So right. People, people have the McDonald's right to feed their kids whatever they want, which has, a, which has a larger impact on the kid's health than the safety of their car. But it contains nutrition. It's not going to out and out kill them to eat McDonald's food. They're not going to waste away and die on it. If a kid is in an accident without a car seat, that kid is fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. You, you know? know? Enough uh, and of the time. So, you know, like, make, so why don't kids wear helmets in cars? Why don't like why don't like nine year olds have to wear helmets in cars? Because it's cheap, and it would save it would save a lot of lives. A helmet and a and car seat. You still are stuck on this idea that car seats are expensive, which is bizarre to me to have you say so that something is expensive that costs forty dollars. <clears throat> it's really weird. It is a thing that the government requires you to spend money on, and I don't believe that their motivations for requiring you to spend money on it are actually are actually moral. Are entirely right? it, moral. It, it does not matter. It doesn't matter what proportion of it. it <sighs> The government requiring people to spend money on things, in my mind, there is a responsibility for the people making the decisions about what they're going to force us to spend money on to decide that the things should actually be worth it in terms of the benefit that they provide, right? And, car seats and are in my mind, as long it. as there is anything that makes your kids safer and is cheaper than a car seat, which... What makes your are, kid safer in a car but that's not a car seat? I'm not saying safer in a car. But they I'm have to be in, in the car. And the <clears throat> government is not forcing you to buy a car seat if you don't have a car. That would be weird, fucked up 1984 shit. They're saying, if you make a decision to have a child, and you make a decision to put that child in a car, you have to put them in a car seat. That is a reasonable thing to expect somebody to do. And the fact that... The I'm companies who make car seats make money is entirely. I am questioning that it is a reasonable thing to legislate. You know what saves more kids than car seats? Anti-lock brakes. Cars so have anti-lock brakes. Not all of them, and it's not against the law to drive a car without anti-lock brakes. Yeah, because you have the, the car seats. That that is the point that I'm trying to make. Things that are better at doing the job that this law is supposed to be doing are there not legislated. things that are better than consistently protecting a kid in the case of a crash than a car seat. <laughs> Anti-lock brakes might prevent a percentage of the crashes, but the crashes that still happen... I don't know. Like, I'm fully down I, I feel with... Like, I feel like you are just not actually arguing with any of the points that I'm making. I feel like I'm you are actually I'm not saying that car points. seats are a bad idea. No one would ever say that. What I am saying is that it is weird to me that it is okay to legislate that we have to buy this one thing because it does this job of saving kids' lives <clears throat> when there are a million other things that we could be legislating that would do a better job of saving kids' lives that we don't legislate. And why is that? And I, I just have a sneaking suspicion that the reason that you're required by law to have a car seat in your car is because some fucking car seat manufacturers well, lobbied no. Congress and put pressure on them to make that a law. Because it's and a I bunch of parents a with bad fucking motivation for deciding policy. A bunch of parents with dead kids formed a consumer group, and that group was sure backed by people who manufacture car seats. 
if there was only one company that manufactured car seats, and, 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 here, and if there here's, was only no listen, no, if, I, listen, if there was only one company that manufactured car seats, and you were required to have one if you had a kid, whether or not you had a car, that would be all kinds of fucked up. But there is a, so much choice built into this system that it is entirely okay. A parent who has lost a child in a car crash is the least qualified person on earth to decide legislative policy for car safety for children. That is a ridiculous statement. That is you should an absolutely retract. That is an absolutely true statement if you actually want to fucking accomplish something as a government. My kid so you get 400 parents who go my kid was in a car crash without a car seat and died. I am an idiot. Everyone should have to have a car seat if they have a kid, because that kid is not old enough to require that for himself and make that choice. I wish there was a similar Absolutely. situation that wasn't something uh, that wasn't about something as contentious as children dying that I could use as as an actual example of the point that I'm trying to you make. You could go with your uh, your standby of drunk driving. Yeah, I could. <clears throat> you know, a similar argument was being made about health insurance, and I. I called horseshit on that, too. I think it is ridiculous for people to squawk about how the government shouldn't force you to buy health insurance, and if you don't want to have it, then by God, you shouldn't have to have it. When what happens when you don't fucking have health insurance and you go to an emergency room is they treat you anyway, and the taxpayers have to pay for it. I mean... It's like, that is utter horseshit to say the government shouldn't require me to do this because my tax dollars shouldn't go to this, like... Well, if you decide to be an asshole about it, my tax dollars go to it. Mr. I mean, hey, we get a we get a pretty significant tax break this year because you know it's easy for us to talk about this because you know we are fortunate enough to have enough money that uh, you know, I, well, okay, I'm fortunate enough to have enough money to provide free health insurance to all the people that work for me, right? right? <clears throat> I I have to imagine that as a man on the floor, fifteen years ago. When I didn't have health insurance because I, I didn't want to spend money on health insurance, I would have been annoyed if I had been required by the government to spend money on health insurance. I mean, I'm also kind of annoyed that I have to have car insurance, right? Like, it annoys me that I have to have car insurance as a person who can afford to fix a car if I fuck up somebody's car, right? Yeah, but speaking on behalf of... The problem is that people who feel like they can't afford to have car insurance are also the people who... Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about people who feel like they can't afford it. I'm talking about people who who can afford not to have it and have to have it anyway. Right, what I'm saying you is know, usually the people who don't have it are not the people who can afford not to have it. They're the people like the bitch who killed my car right, and didn't absolutely. have insurance. So, and, and so making it legally required doesn't help in situations like that, right? Well, sure. I mean, you, you just... See, I feel like for a lot of this stuff, you take the edge cases or the places where the law fails and use that to say there shouldn't be that law. And I don't get that. I like so 10% of the time, the I people don't actually think, you know, I don't actually think that you shouldn't have to have car insurance. I mean, I just, I, it, it is weird to me that it seems like such a foregone conclusion that health insurance is like this necessary thing that everybody has to have, right? Like, I, I am mistrustful of the institution of insurance in general. There has yeah, never been are, a time when it has helped me or anyone that I know to have insurance. 
Well, like when I when my car got totaled, I didn't end up spending another two years paying the car off because I had insurance. And you're sure that your insurance rates didn't go up by more money than it actually cost you. They didn't because go up. Because that at, has happened to me and everyone else that I know. They didn't go up under at all. every set of circumstances where insurance has actually given you any money is that you've ended up paying more than that amount of money back. They didn't go up at all. All right. It wasn't my fault. Sure. I mean, I my insurance rates are like $40 a month higher because my car got hit while it was parked. And I filed a claim which saved me exactly $100 in getting the thing fixed, right? I mean, like, if insurance was a thing that I believed was operated because it helped people, right, as opposed to a thing that is operated by a bunch of private companies that you, in one breath, will say that you don't trust at all because they're a big corporation and you can't trust them because they are they are just definitionally only concerned with profits and then in the next breath say well but the government should require you to give them some money every month and that's that's what gets me a little bit about it i mean i think that socialized healthcare is a good idea but i kind of would rather have the government in charge of it than a bunch of private companies oh, I, I don't feel like entirely, i don't feel like requiring people to participate in the existing insurance nonsense is a good idea. Yeah. Which, you know... No, I would also argue that it would be far better that, like, what I kept saying when I was arguing this with vaginal blood fart was that like, life and death and people's health is something that's too important to be left in the hands of something that's seeking profit. Because nothing about, like, Making the best, say, electric guitar is something that the market can decide. If a bunch of people buy crappy ones from a company, they just don't buy them again, right? Sure. So the the people who make the electric guitars want to make them as cheaply as possible, but they're kind of limited by what the market will bear for quality in a way that I don't think healthcare is because the drive to provide shittier and shittier care and charge more and more money for it eventually ends up in a lot of motherfuckers dying why, why do you think that healthcare is not like that? Like, what do you think that there's something inherent in healthcare that makes it so you can't comparison shop? The, to me, to me, the primary problem with the healthcare system, as far as I am concerned, is that the institution of insurance makes it impossible to navigate. Like, it is, it has gotten to the point where you, it is kind of like the law, right? Unless you are a lawyer, you cannot actually accomplish anything in the legal system. And unless you are a claims adjuster, you cannot possibly comprehend the sort of Byzantine, labyrinthine machinations of healthcare. And it seems to me like, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's do this typical rhetorical tactic of like hearkening back to like 200 years ago when, you know, if the doctor in your town was a quack, you would run him out of town on a rail and a new doctor would move in it would probably be some young jew that you didn't trust but eventually he would win you over by uh you know getting a splinter out of your nutsack or whatever well like you would go to the doctor and he would charge you a fee that was consistent with his level of education and expertise and the service he was performing and you would pay that that fee out of your pocket 
and you would go about your business. I mean, why why is it that we just inherently can't do that anymore? Is it because there are now things that happen in the course of normal preventative health care that are so expensive that no one could ever possibly afford to pay for them? But the great thing is, the reason why they're so expensive is because they the money that they're charging for that is going is coming from the insurance company. I mean, right. so I know a lot of the reason that doctors charge as much as they do is also because of the amount of malpractice insurance that they have to carry, right? Yeah, so Which, there's a there's a two-pronged attack you take here. You you take the insurance company out of the picture or you regulate them to the point where they can't do the ridiculous bullshit that they do and you limit the kind of bullshit lawsuits to doctors. And either political party has picked one of those and is running with it like it's the whole solution. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nothing is the nothing is the whole solution. Yeah, I mean, when I think I, it's time. I, I think it's time to, to to approach this country the way that we approach uh, the way that we approach problems with our video game. Remember our video game? No, <laughs> I don't remember it at all. Just burn it to the ground. Just yeah. burn it all to the ground. Build something better in its place. You can't do it because there's too much money in it, and so the American Empire is over, man. Anytime so, that you try to, you, we, you saw what happened when somebody tried to make minuscule changes to the way shit works to maybe make it a little more friendly to people. People were up in arms, you know, bringing guns which, to rallies. What what things are you talking about explicitly? I'm talking about the the healthcare bill. Hmm. Like one of the things. Uh, see, that I don't know. I don't know anything about it. You know. Yeah. It, one it of the things so, that it, that it, bill. It, it, the, the situation is, is so complicated that I don't know yeah. anything about it. One of the things that that bill was going to do is going to do is set up an exchange where you can just go fucking shop for insurance plans and see them side by side and compare them and become part of a group of people who are buying it. Like our business and 12 other tiny businesses could have the same negotiating power as a big business and get on that exchange. And yet that that is the shit that people want to repeal. That that exists now. In a way. I mean... We I mean, we have that right. What what's weird is that we had a guy that did that for us, and that guy, like a few a few months ago, died of a heart attack, like in his mid forties. And that is why we can't have any quality change. Yeah, this is why we can't. This is why we can't have good health insurance. Um, you know, we looked into uh, we looked into the sort of like business alliance thing where a bunch of people get together because like Hot Stuff had done that when he had insurance in a state where he was legally required to have health insurance, right? Like he actually looked into all of the the minutiae of it and figured out well because he's a member of this professional organization that has this collective bargaining rights he can pay as little as possible for the same product you know and as little as is legally required because it's like as a single 20 something guy you really don't need health insurance you know unless which you is cancer which is another part of this argument sure unless you get cancer but like it you are as likely to get cancer as you are to get struck by lightning and instantly killed as a guy in your 20s, right? Like, it, it, it's <clears throat> managing, managing a mass of millions and millions of people requires you, from a policy perspective, to play the averages in a way that, on an individual rhetorical level, people are not at all comfortable with. And that's, that's why... Everything is so difficult, I think. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, I, it, is, it is basically safe to say that, you know, so you ask the doctor, I asked my doctor, do I need a flu shot? 
And he said, well, I said, should I get a flu shot? And he said, well, you might get the flu. And unless an astronomically improbable series of complications occurs, you will be knocked on your ass for a couple of days and then you'll be fine. You'll be over the flu. Or you can get the shot and accept the minuscule yet larger than the odds that I described earlier risk of complications that are directly attributable to you getting the flu shot. So it's up to you. But if I was a healthy guy in his early 30s, I would not get a flu shot. Yeah. You know? And so, well, maybe we'd be better off as an entire population if we required everybody to get a flu shot, right? Like, it would certainly stop the worst-case scenario where, like, there is some mutated strain of the flu that kills 90% of the people in the country, right? It would kill, it would only, you know, if you outlaw, if you outlaw susceptibility to the flu, only outlaws will die of the flu. Perfect. But, you know, but what it also does is that it just, like, makes a bunch of people who don't really need to get this thing have to pay for it and accept the negative consequences of having to have it, right? And, and I mean, I, I realize I'm arguing both sides of this. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just listening to it. It's fantastic. It's a complicated, it's a complicated question. But, but it's like, I feel like I would have been pissed 15 years ago if if I had been required to buy health insurance at the current rates that health insurance costs. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, well, you're forcing me to buy something that I don't need, and I am already just, like, skirting the edge of being able to sort of operate in the world at the amount of money that I'm making at this job. Right? Yeah, but and, the, the idea is that if you... That if you require everyone to buy health insurance... The risk pool is big enough that the rates go down, and people who can't afford to buy it get help from the government to buy it. It's not just you have to buy this thing even if it makes you go broke, or yeah, we'll but I feel like, you even more. But money I feel like you have to do that first. You have to do the groundwork first, right? And uh, that was and, the and you can't. You can't without all that money. Oh. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I used to think I had all the answers. Now I think I have none of the answers. Awesome. That means that we're grown-ups. Yep. We now understand what we don't know. Except that you still think that you should be legally required to have a car seat. Even though you would have a car seat anyway. Because it's not about your own kid. It's It's about some poor kids. Some poor guy's kid that you don't even know. Yeah, well, and you know what? I got this the, box the every other day. Kid that, that survives. Every kid that survives because the government required his parents who couldn't afford a car seat to, to, to get a car seat, right? Every person who had to, like, get four additional welfare checks that they stole from other people's mailboxes so that they could afford these exorbitantly expensive car seats. Exactly. That is one more kid that's going to survive long enough to brutally murder your son. That's true. When they're but, you know, the other day I got a big box in the mail, and the note that was attached to it said, if you open this box, inside you will find a car seat and someone's mm-hmm. kid that you don't know will die. So I still don't know what to do about that. So I, I think yeah. we just, just got to take off. In, inside this box is a stranger's child and a vial of poison and an unstable isotope and a car seat. Uh, Schrodinger's uh, crib is what I'm going for now. There's a neighbor kid. All right. Um, we should say goodnight because we're actually a little over. No, we're, we're I got passionate. so excited. I got so excited about this fun conversation. I think I only enjoy talking to people when I'm getting into really belligerent arguments these days. 
<sighs> I blame so, the sauce. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Uh, 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 u